allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! It's all night! This is how liberty dies. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. I'm Lisa Raffensperger. And I am Dave Sellers. And tonight, we are talking all things Black Widow. Or I should say, most of us are going to be talking all things Black Widow. Uh... But uh, before we do that, we often try to start out our show um, talking about what's going on in our sci-fi world. And Emma's is not joining us tonight because what's going on in her sci-fi world is Suicide Squad. Um, and uh, that's uh, obviously pretty important. I'm going to be honest. I never saw the first Suicide Squad. Never saw it. And you don't have to either. Yeah. You can probably just watch like a summary on YouTube. Yep. The, It'll be fine. The cartoon version, that uh, the animated movie is so much better. The animated Suicide Squad is better, so I should check that out. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Well, um, why don't we hop in? What's going on in our sci-fi world? Who wants to go first? Chrissy said. Uh, Chrissy volunteered. She said, "I I want to go first. So, Chrissy, you are on. Go ahead. Um. So I watched Black Widow, obviously. Yep. Um. And so while I had access to someone's Disney Plus, I decided to watch Loki because I hadn't seen it yet. Um. And her was pretty good. And what did you and think then, of Loki? I mean, it was it was decent. Um. I'm not so sure about all the time travel rules and how that all applies. I mean, it was it was a decent thing. Also, I'm still not... Cons- I don't understand how there can only be one timeline and then multiple Lokis from other timelines. Like, it's just... Like, I'm a little confused by that. Yeah. Like, how can there be an alligator? He's also... Like, it, there are just some things that I'm like, I'm not sure that this is internally consistent. But if you, like, ignore... If you just don't think about it too hard you will enjoy the show. Right. But if you think about it too hard, you'll be like, wait a minute, this this doesn't work the way that you say that it works. Or it's kind of like that line in, you know, Princess Bride. You keep saying that, but that word, but I don't think that the word means what you think it means. Yeah. I, actually, I really don't think the time travel thing doesn't work the way they think that it works given together parameters. Well, we'll show. have to but, get, Miles, we, uh, we'll have to get, uh, you're the expert of time travel. Um, on our show, so tell us a little bit about what you thought of Loki's time travel schematic. So, I, I'm confused somewhat by it too. So I even went on, you know, YouTube. So somebody, uh, there's lots of fan theories. Uh, what makes the most sense is that the TVA, like when a variant is created, um, they either usually prune. If I, prune the variant and, when the, and, and those variants get sent to that one world and then they what they do is they restore the timeline so they kind of remove like if you, 
It's just that the hero of our story, Loki, sort of escaped, and the TVA is trying to get him and get the other uh, variant, uh, the, the female Loki variant. But uh, see, they put this thing in place that says that at a certain point in time, when it's gone too far, it, it becomes like you can't get that back. And so many of the Lokis obviously could have only arisen if it went far beyond that point because it seems to indicate that like as soon as something happens that shouldn't have happened you only have a really short time frame to do that so i don't understand how they could have gotten that far it just doesn't make any sense to me so listeners out there if you have any theories as far as are you can help us make sense of loki's timeline we would appreciate it we would be forever in your day because I don't, I don't know whether like I missed something. Now, granted, I did watch it while I was like sick, and I mean like really like sick as a dog. Um, not COVID though, right? Oh, Jesus, um, that's good. But yeah, so like it's quite possible that I was like dehydrated and slightly delirious at the time, so that also could explain while I was like I don't quite understand what's going on right now, but I'm just enjoying this spectacle of Loki's. Um, so it's also really good if you're sick and you're like i don't even know what's going on in the world right now but i just want to enjoy some fun so right now i just find it to be an enjoyable romp through the marvel universe and i will just not think about it too hard so um the other thing that i did was i decided that i wanted to watch mandalorian but before i was going to watch the mandalorian and get like my excitement for star wars reignited i was going to watch rise of Skywalker and I best movie ever. It was I, to me. It was a steaming pile of dog shit. Like I, I did not think they could make the movie like worse than the Last Jedi, and somehow they managed. J.J. Abrams never ever touch a franchise again. At least, like I said earlier, at least with Star Trek, they had the decency of just making an alternative timeline, so you could just be like that. That's just the alternative timeline. I don't I don't have to care about that. And I can just have my original timeline over here and be happy and content that this is what's happening and we're all we're all good. But no, no, they had to take away the legends and bring me this. And I just no. Mm-mm. I'm just no. It was it was bad as an individual movie, and it was bad as an ending of a trilogy, and to be the culmination of Star Wars was a crime against humanity. I just so mm-mm. the no. only thing that would have improved that movie is if Jar Jar would have been in it. You know what? <laughs> if Jar Jar had been in charge of everything, I would have been like, at least, yeah, at I, least I, there's I consistency, not, right? I just, I just, <laughs> what? What is this? A fucking like Sith choir? Like just randomly? And where where do they all come? Like, what? Scott, you're going to have to change the rating on the show. I, I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> what? The potty mouth is the best part of this room. Do you know what? I can't process this right now. But here's the thing. Dave has a fourth Star Trek in the Kelvin timeline to look forward it's to. Just, it's just. 
just because they are God. making a number four day. It was like watching, and I do not like. I will go on record. I know we had to turn in my millennial card for saying this, but I do not like Harry Potter. And it was like they just used the Harry Potter, like use the force the same way JK uses magic in Harry Potter. It was just like, oh, we're just magically transporting things across space and time now. And really, Anakin just was totally a rule follower and programmed C-3PO to not translate the Sith language. Really? Really? Uh-huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, what the... And there was absolutely no payoff on anything. As soon as anything actually emotionally real happened, no, just magically undo it. Should we explode? Totally not. No, psych. Like, what? You know what? They're going to make another... They're going to make a Kylo Ren spinoff and just magically, he's just not going to be dead because, you know, they did that with What's-His-Face from Phantom Menace how many times? Oh, he's not dead yet. Like, guys, it's not the Martin T. Python of Star Wars. Like, well, they, uh, they, they, uh, they work for Loki. I mean, Loki was dead and look, they brought him back. <sighs> See, after watching <laughs> it's at least consistent within the Marvel universe for there to be a multiverse for things to happen like that. But this, right. this what, what is this? What? Yep. I can't even talk. I'm just, ugh. All right. So, Chrissy, have you watched The Mandalorian yet? No, because I'm. I would just. I was like. You, I was you so have done. to. You have to. That'll, I was. Yes. I was so yeah. done with Star Wars. Oh no. no this no, will no, renew no, your no. faith in Star Wars. Oh, no, no. A million fold. All, this a is like a bad. This is. Yeah, I, Chrissy. I seriously myself, though. This, no, this is like no. You're not convincing me to take this boyfriend back. It is abusive <laughs> and. <laughs> Doing it? No, it is. This is this is the cycle of abuse. You know what it is? There's that honeymoon period where you think everything is okay and everything is wonderful, and they're gonna change, and then it goes right back to hurting you. Don't do it. If you're in look, that abuse cycle, get out. And I'm getting out. Look, you, you did it right though. You watched that movie. It lowered every opinion and expectation. I'm actually kind of jealous for you because if you do go watch Mandalorian now, it's going to feel to you so much greater than See, it did when I watched it fresh. No, it's the honeymoon period. But I this noticed. one doesn't let you down. You're ta- you're this ta- one sweeps no, you no, up, takes will. you on his, on his yacht to his but private island where you don't got to do. do a thing again. Oh, no, 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 no. This, this is the no. cycle of abuse. I'm not. I'm getting off of this. Getting off of this train wreck. Say, um, be, say no, girls. Maybe they they're no. feeding you grapes and fanning you with a palm branch. It's going to be that great. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, it will just it will just turn on you, turning you like a rabid oh. dog. It's what happens yeah. in this beautiful honeymoon period. You think it's all good, and nope, they break your heart again. This is what happens. <laughs> they lure you in and think that it's going to change. They make promises to you that they're not going to keep. Watch one episode of watch the first episode of Mandalorian. It it will change your mind. You you can't can't harden your heart off to love because of one bad experience. No, we are good friends because we're not going to miss out on this. Just because it beat you one time doesn't mean he'll do it again. (laughs) 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 You really shouldn't. This is not the good metaphor. <laughs> no, 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 no. As a professional, this is serious. Do not. If he hits you, leave. No, no. no. Don't, don't, don't listen to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God. yeah, yeah. All right. 
All right. Anything else in your sci-fi world, Chrissy, or is that enough? That that's enough. That's, okay. that's, that's what's going on. I've been, my heart has been broken. Yes. John AJ Favreau will warm you in his embrace and cradle you and keep you safe from now. Now, now Dave, that's just creepy. <laughs> As your favorite uncle who, who buys you cool. That's Christmas also presents. creepy. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say, um, probably not the metaphor that you want to pick. <laughs> How do we redeem this, uh, Dave? Uh, <laughs> we just let it go. We uh, just let her wallow in her uh, misery time. and move on. Time, time, he- will heal time heals all wounds, right? There, there, there is worlds apart between. I'm like, still hurting from the prequels, so I don't know. So am I. So am I. The prequels yeah. were hands you know- down far better than the uh, sequels. I, even, you know, even I, I will admit to that. I cannot believe I'm saying that the sequels are better Star Wars than the what we have recently. Like what Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Oh, I, oh yes, you know what? Him. You know what? That Give me Jar Jar because him. at least at least <laughs> Jar Jar didn't ruin the entire world building. He was just an annoying character that shouldn't have existed. <laughs> the, so Chrissy, the, I I put a picture in um a meme that was a, a, a fan created just to it expresses what where Dave and I are coming from. Um, ch- checking the messenger. Um, this is this is how a lot of fans feel about what what JJ did and what what John Favreau gave us. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> why would you want to appeal to a new younger audience when they clearly have no taste? That's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to listen to Favreau while he's drunk. If he's holding his beer, I mean, just yes. kidding. It's just the kidding. Best time. All right. Well, Dave. you know, go, go on. Dave, I drag this whole thing. Tell us a little bit what's going on. What's going on in your sci-fi world, Dave? Watch Black Widow. Uh, finish listening to Star Trek: Picard: The Dark Veil. Decent book. Um, right now, I'm listening to Mass Effect. Uh, uh, the first Mass Effect book, Revelation, um, takes place before all the games. So far, it's, it's pretty decent. Um, really, other than that, it's been fairly dull. Um, been quite busy. Not much time to sit around and focus my attention on the things that are important in my life like that. Um my wife did get me for my birthday. It's not sci-fi, but, you know, close enough. Um, all eight seasons of Castle. Ooh, so we've been binging that. That's fun. Oh, hail Nathan Fillion, though. Apparently, I have a man crush on this dude because in several <laughs> conversations at work, he kept coming up. and <laughs> Who doesn't I got made fun of him? Seriously. Seriously. Captain, You're a human being. Captain Titan. At least he got good taste. I mean, that's... You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, that and then I'm shopping for a game table for my new house for in my basement, trying to get the dimensions right, make sure I'm going to have room for it. But actually having one of those really nice, put the top on it, looks like a dining table, take the top off. You got the whole play area and everything underneath of it. I think I found one, but I just got to make sure it's going to fit. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. I expect to be invited over to play. 
the inaugural christening in when it comes in. You betcha. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Miles, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Well, Chrissy, just showing what you're missing if you don't watch The Mandalorian. Wow, you just won't let this. You just won't let this go, will you? I can't, Scott. This is too important. Yes. (laughs) I mean, how can you turn away from that? It's a baby Yoda. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to abuse you. I, you know, they, they. No. He, 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 he will comfort the you. The Jedi Temple said the same thing, and they stole babies for years. Exactly. <laughs> You're not helping, Scott. <laughs> Child trafficking. It's evil. Exactly. The Jedi Temple, they uh, they were masters of child trafficking. And, this is a, and that's how we connect Star Wars to Black Widow. See? Right? It's all coming See, it together. Is, it is. It is. <laughs> But we shouldn't be laughing at this. We shouldn't. <laughs> Anyways, Miles, Sci-Fi World. Sci-Fi World. This is a very dark episode of the Sci-Fi Diner tonight, but uh, <laughs> but, 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 but it's been fun though. Um, so I just watched uh, Transformers uh, Kingdom on Netflix. There's some time travel, timey wimey stuff. Uh, if you're a fan of Generation One, this is a good kind of reimagining visual reboot of generation one the first transformers remember from the 80s but updated to today and but different stories told so they're just like the third one the series hoping there's a fourth one i think they left it open for a fourth one last two episodes of superman and lois uh dropped on uh, cw great show it did great ratings but it's not coming back till next year sometime um also enjoying Flash and Legends on CW. Finished watching Loki. The time travel stuff, I, I figured some of it out, but not all of it. I'm going to have to go back and watch some of those YouTube shows of uh, people that they, that think they might have figured it out. Our, our Stargate Atlantis review got me on watching some episodes of, of Atlantis. Great show. Great, great show. Uh, reading uh, Star Trek uh, uh, Next Generation novel Shadows Have Offended by uh, Cassandra Rose Clark. And of course, uh, I watched Black Widow this week uh, to talk about the movie. Good. I still have to put out the Atlantis episode, so you hear us referencing it. Um, this episode will be out after Atlantis, so I just haven't gotten it posted yet. So it'll post this weekend or early next week. But, okay. Um, oh, very good. I, too, uh, you know, so I realized I watched Tomorrow's War, um, which I hadn't watched. Isn't that the one with Chris Pratt? What's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great yeah. So I, I, I really, I enjoyed it much better than I thought it would. Talk about some good time travel. I liked the way that played in. As I mentioned earlier, I guess prior to the show that I watched Interstellar, um, and enjoyed that again. It has its moments. It's a slow movie, in some respects, but it's a good movie with some interesting things that are dealing with time travel and stuff like that. So. Um, did that I've been casually watching Fellowship of the Ring again so like for the past three weeks I've been watching Fellowship of the Ring like five minutes here ten minutes here again just because I enjoy it or if I need like five ten minutes to pass the time Um, my family Kiefer Chris and I have totally gotten into Manifest so, oh, okay. so we watched the first season. We're now in the second season. Are really enjoying it. 
Um, I started that. I it's a it's it's a clean it's a clean show. It's good. I mean, not that it matters for this episode, of the Sci-Fi Diner, but it's a family friendly. <laughs> it's, it's a family friendly show and uh, pretty clean with some. It poses some real interesting questions. You um, should have known better than to invite someone who t- was taught to swear by an actual sailor to the show. Well, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, the so we're just really enjoying that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I am I am I'm watching. Oh, Chris and I began watching what is it, eleven twenty two sixty three or whatever it is, the Stephen King show. James Franco. Yeah, James Franco. So oh, yeah, I saw it. That was cool. we've gotten through the first episode. So that's how much we've gotten. But I liked it, and I and I really enjoyed the book. I read the book twice, and so I am looking forward to continuing the show. I just haven't finished the show. So that's it for like the media, I believe. Oh, and I watched twenty minutes of Black Widow um, because I was prepping for the show. Right? Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, I'm reading. I, I finished my trek through Lord of the Rings um, again, um, which kind of completed my reading of, of all the novels that are out in audible, audible book, except for some minor ones. Um, I'm reading the Golden Sun, which is the um, I forget the author of it, um, but that's what I'm. And I'm also reading Name of the Wind again. Um, I got into that book. I read it before, but I got into it again because I'm. I took pl- I took part of Nanorhythmo in July, um, because a fellow teacher of mine, Tyler Lloyd, and I were talking before the end of the school year, and brainstorming, and we said, you know what, we're going to write a novel this summer. That's what we're going to do in our time off. So we both set out to do that. Uh, he kind of got derailed after sir uh, after couple weeks but uh, I stuck to it and I wrapped it up last week my first draft of it so I was pretty excited about that so nice so so yeah so I have that complete now it's in the revision process and I'll tell you more about it when I'm ready to share about it but it is fantasy based I will tell you that and um, and I like it because there's not the villain of the story is not truly a villain and I, and I like the complexity of that the fact that Yes, what he did was bad and evil, but if you were in his place and faced with the same decisions, you might make that same decision. Oh, moral ambiguity. Yeah, well, it's not really a moral. When you're left with a choice, one of which is certain and the other one is just a distant hope, which do you go for? I mean, that's really the quest question. And so he goes with the one that's more certain, but the one that's a more distant hope ends up panning out and ends up putting him into a pretty big dilemma. But so, um, so that's, that's what I've been, I've been spending a lot of time working on that and uh, enjoying that. So that's been my sci-fi world. I look forward to a signed first edition. (laughs) (laughs) I might be tapping your shoulder to be a beta reader down the line. But you don't read a ton of fantasy though, right? For you, Scott, I'd read whatever. Whoa. All right, then. I got some nice research papers for you, buddy. <laughs> well, I didn't mean the garbage you get fed at school from your students. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my students are the best writers ever. 
Listen, I'm a custodian. I read what's thrown away. I see <laughs> the papers that are out there, and Look, I tremble for please, my future. Please do, not, <laughs> please do not judge them based on what they write on the bathroom walls. Well, they really didn't go back to elementary spelling for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and they're artistic. An class. Yeah, that too. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, why don't we move into the reason we're doing the show tonight? That's Black Widow. Yes. So, uh, Miles, why don't you introduce this segment and then we'll just get into talking about this. And uh, I'm really interested um, to hear what Chris has to say about the benefits of having child soldiers. So go ahead. <laughs> so go ahead, Miles. Um, all right. <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> Natasha Romanoff confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. So this is kind of, we kind of get her origin story, but told right after the events of um, uh, Captain America Civil War, like almost even during in a way. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's from, so when it, when the, a lot of it's happening at that time, but we do see her early childhood. We do see, um, you know, uh, a, a important event in her life uh, that we'll talk about. Um, the movie has done very well so far. It's domestic. It as of August the fifth, it's made one hundred sixty nine uh, million dollars and change. Um, uh, international, it's made over 176 uh, million. So worldwide, it's now at um, over 346 million. So this and is on, this is on par with what is Marvel, right? Marvel typically does this well. Oh, it's a box office. Yeah, it's it's a blockbuster, and and it's also with the Disney Plus. The you know, uh, I don't know what the exact terminology is, but if you paid for it on Disney Plus, you pay 30 bucks on Disney Plus. There, there's been a lot of revenue from that, so that that's brought in 60 million uh, on Disney Plus as well. So the movie's making a, a lot of money, but it's also caused some controversy. I guess there was uh, it's in the it's been in the news for a few days now. But uh, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. I guess there was a alleges there's a disagreement between uh, Disney Plus streaming the movie. Um, and that th this is going to cost, this is going to take rob her of, of some of the profits from her movie. I mean, of, 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 of what what she was going to get paid, and you know, it's a question of what what did they agree in the contract? So that's going on now too. I mean, and it's it, it's kind of contemporary what's going on. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if she if she's getting if she gets right if they if Disney treats Disney Plus like a movie theater. And she gets and she gets a portion of that. That's one thing. But if they are cutting her out of the streaming profits, that's another thing altogether. I would understand that suit going forward. Yeah. 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 All right. So there you have it. So uh, that's the nuts and bolts of how so it's doing well. So why don't we uh, why don't we just go around and talk about you know we got into it. It's been a while since we've had a Marvel movie. Uh, 
First of all, let's just go, Dave, we're going to start with you. Uh, I want to find out, did you, A, did you see it in theater or Disney Plus? And B, what was your initial reaction to it? So Dave, go ahead and start us out. Watched it on Disney Plus. Um, initial reaction, great movie. I mean, I, I liked it about as much as I've liked any, really any of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, so it felt like Mar- it felt like it felt like Marvel had has kept their stride. Yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it did. Um, Should have released this movie after Civil War, right? So it actually fell into the timeline. Um, uh, that's really that was really my biggest my biggest beef with it was, you know, she's dead. Spoiler alert. Um, what? <laughs> good to get the backstory. Um, hey, who's dead? I had no idea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fell. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, which, 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 which timeline was that? The only one I care and, about. And why did the secret timeline? Why secret didn't TVA time. correct it? Well, Is that's it a good question. To happen? Supposed to happen. All right, all right. Um, I don't know how spoilery. We want to get, but the uh, we can be spoilery. Get, uh, we can be spoilery. We can be spoilery. Yep. Okay. So the post-credit scene was probably the most integral part and important part of this movie as the MCU universe continues. But they could have easily put that post-credits on Endgame and left and released this movie earlier would have been a better for me at least to me a better continuity for it but no i mean great movie um I, as with any marvel movie enough comedy built into it that keeps you chuckling and interesting and uh um really loved uh david harbour's character alexi hey that was he was great um but yeah yeah, another certainly another good base hit from Marvel. Yeah, Miles, how about you? Tell me a little bit. Did you see it in theaters? Did you see Disney Plus? And uh, what was your initial thoughts? I saw it on Disney Plus, and we have to remember something. Uh, originally, this movie was, was was supposed to be out a year ago, right. uh, but we had this little thing called COVID nineteen, which made it suck for all movies pretty much. Just a uh, minor hiccup. Yes. No, you're right. It was very minor. What is this COVID you're speaking of? <laughs> that didn't impact my life at all. It's not going to impact my life at all this year either. Exactly. Uh, you're still playing Pandemic? <laughs> I, yeah, it's over. I put that game away and got another one out. <laughs> this, one, this, one, this one's called <laughs> Delta Variant. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Lambda Variant. <laughs> I'm breaking out the Killer Wasp game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whatever right. happened to that? <laughs> All right. Anyways, Miles. Yeah, sorry, Miles. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, that was my fault. Uh, <laughs> Facts. But uh, so what I what I what I in watching this movie. I mean, the opening scene you see a young, um, you know, a, a young Natasha and a young Yelena, you know, playing in this, um, you know, typical Ohio small town in, in the mid nineties, and 
And then you see uh, a younger David Harbour's character. I'm not sure if they used any CGI to make him look younger and, or a little thinner, but uh, um, you, you find out that uh, they're all they're all just they're all Russian plants, and uh, it, it sort of harkened back to me. I mean, I, I grew up in the '80s. I remember the Red Scare. Um, I thought there were even TV movies about. Russian spies pretending to be Americans in the United States and stuff. So it, it kind of gave me that kind of vibe. It just, just as far as remembering kind of what it was like back in the eighties. And this was like, this is only 95. And so the Soviet union had only been fallen for, you know, four, you know, four years at this point. So I, I don't know why, but it just, that brought back a lot of memories of just how it was just, being being scared of, of of the Russians and and all that and um, but the story was very well told and like Dave uh, I love David Harbour's character Alexi he he was just brilliant as this uh, uh, this Captain America like super soldier but um, kind of let himself go a little and but he can still kick ass and take names and um, you know just. They, they just embraced that he kind of had this, you know, he, he has this, this dad bod thing and he's trying to get into his old superhero suit. And, uh, he was great. He was just, he was, he was, you know, I mean, you could say he was in some ways a comic relief of, of the movie, but, uh, I, I like the whole dynamic between, you know, Scarlett Johansson's character and, and, and I mean, Elena also his, her, American sister, you find out they weren't a real family. It was just like they're 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 all fake. And when they go back to Russia, the girls are gonna get dropped back into uh, super spy school if they can live through it. And you know they'll be super spies for the Soviet Union or or what you know what, whatever the country's called now. Um, and you're not sure what's gonna happen with Rachel Weiss's character, but you find out they were you know. They were, they were never a real family. They were just, they were a Russian plant and they were there to spy and on, uh, on shield and get whatever Intel they could and maybe take whatever they could back with them. And, uh, so, uh, I'm, so I'm talking about the, what the, what's going on in the movie, but I, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. I'll definitely go back and watch it again. I'm sure there's something I missed in my first view. I only saw it once, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll watch it again sometime when I can. Uh, but I think the movie stands up well with the other uh, Marvel movies. I think it's a, it's a well done origins story without necessarily being an origin story. It's a good standalone um, on its own, and, and and in time period it's in. I thought that the, the, the main bad guy, uh, Drakoff. Uh, you know, we talk about what makes a good bad guy. Um, you know, you have Thanos. Who you kind of, yes, he wants to kill all the half of life in the universe. Well, he, but he also wants to try to preserve the, the other half's lives. And the only way to do that is, you know, you, you got to save, the, you know, you, you got to save resources and all that kind of stuff. So he's almost... I, you know, I, I'm careful to say likable or empathetic. You know, you, you don't, you can't tell he hate Thanos in some ways, but this guy, uh, Drakoff, uh, he's just evil. He's just an evil bad guy. 
but it works in this movie and it's very satisfying when you see him finally get his. Mm. There's just nothing redeemable about, about Dreykov, I, I thought. There, was, there didn't seem to be any, you know, most, you know, uh, most bad guys, there's usually, they think they're doing the right thing in someone. And for him, it was just, you know, a power thing, but it seemed to work. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing at all for whatever reason. It just seemed to work that for him being the bad guy here, maybe he was more of a plot device than a bad guy, but, um, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you all think. Oh, very good. Very good. Chrissy, how about you? Tell us a little bit about, I think we got the feeling that you watched in Disney plus, um, what did you think of this? Uh, what were your initial thoughts watching this? how do you feel it fit in for you? Um, and you don't need to get too much into detail. We'll get into some details later, but just tell us a little bit about your uh, thoughts. Well, I liked the movie as, as just a movie. Um, I also like that in some of the Marvel movies, they touch on some um, political topics or, you know, topics that are, that are timely that, you, you know, should be thinking about. Um, I kind of wish they would have been a little bit more explicit about the subject of human trafficking and child soldiers and the negative impacts of, of both. Um, like they were, they were more upfront and I felt in like black Panther about the oppression of, you know, Africans just in general throughout the world, um, more specifically in the United States, but um, it was a little bit more upfront and center of, Hey, this is wrong Whereas I felt in Black Widow, it was a little, like, it was a little glamorized, um, which I think is just something that is generally problematic, is um, certain topics get glamorized in our media, like child soldiers get glamorized, um, suicide often gets glamorized. Um, so, but there were some some really great moments that I really liked um and i liked that rather than just taking people who are complicit in the abuse and turning them into villains i actually made them very likable characters um you all talked about like how much you liked lexi um but when you think about it he was very much complicit in the abuse that was perpetuated um so and um their mom as well even though she was also a victim of the red room so, which we can get into a little bit later. So, overall, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, like I said, I wish they would have been a little bit more explicit about things, but I also understand that, you know, a Marvel movie is not going to be a treatise on, you know, what we should do about this issue or the issue at hand. Um, and I don't expect it to be. But I do like that it brings up the topic and kind of puts it in front of a lot of people. Um, if the movies um gross domestic product and everything else is to be believed so that was my take on it oh very good i too watched it on disney plus for about 15 to 20 minutes and uh i explained it earlier i think before the show that um i had begun to watch it and prep for the show yesterday and then my uh, son overheard the marvel music from the next room and said you aren't watching Black Widow without me, are you? And um, and so I invited him in. He said, but before we watch it, we must finish Interstellar. I'm like, okay. 
So um, I got, I did watch about 15, 20 minutes of it. And what I saw was fantastic, but I obviously don't feel like I have a good handle on the actual movie itself. So, um, but that be, be that as it may. So where do you want to start? Uh, let's talk about this movie. What, what sort of things did you want to get into? What interests you? What did you want to dialogue about? You know, Christy said something interesting about Dave and my admiration for for, for uh, Lexi. And yes, he, he is complicit in what happens to uh, uh, Natasha and, and Yelena. But in a way, he he's kind of he's a vi- you know he's a victim of the system. Also, I mean, yeah, he he kind of dumps the girls, but then we find you know he, they they throw him into jail. I mean, he was hoping he could be more in the field, but you figure 1995, you know, he, he grew up under the whole, you know, the, the Russian communist system and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's being a good soldier. I'm not defending him. It's just, you can understand some of the, the choices he's made, but then instead of getting rewarded for his choices, he gets dumped in some Russian I'm guessing it was a Siberia they dumped him in or someplace. Uh, yeah, somewhere. Right someplace there. out in the cold. You know, I, I was thinking Siberia, but maybe wherever it was. I mean, uh, you know, they just kind of dumped him someplace to die and, and not, you know, I guess they figured he was too much of a liability. Um, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. it's interesting. We, we went back to I mean, that sort of thing. You know, I don't know. I just I really have that. I don't know that that a flashback of uh, going back to what it was like back in the eighties and just the whole Russian red scare thing. And uh, uh, even though it's, you know, after 95, there's, there's still a lot of uh, overtones coming from it. Right. And and it's a, it's a constant historical theme too. You know, you grow up in a oppressive regime or even really, not so much, but you get conditioned to believe that, you know, in this case, the, the communist government, the party, or any government for that matter, is the sovereign. And you don't question it. You obey. You do what you're supposed to do as a good citizen. And it has led to how, I mean, honestly, how, how many travesties and, and genocides and and just acts of sheer evil throughout history because well as i said in nuremberg we were just following orders we just did what we were supposed to do and everyone becomes a victim in one way or another at that point whether you know it or not but and it's always fun to see the, the, the tale of courage making its return in a person and then their redemption, redemptive story and how they can get out of it, help free other people from it, and, and ultimately bring down that system that, that has tortured and oppressed and enslaved so many. Mm. Yeah, I suppose my biggest um, problem with him as a character is that he never... 
at least verbally recognized how he was complicit in what happened to them or even that what happened to them was wrong. I remember him saying things like, well, what are you, why are you, why are you upset? You were the best child assassin ever. And I did what was best for you girls. And I really liked, I know that M mentioned before, you know, she really liked the, um, scene of Yelena being like yeah they cut out my uterus and you know like how um you know direct they were about women's health issues but for me that scene was really powerful because that was someone who had who was confronting and someone who had been in a position of power who could have helped her but instead chose to turn away and not acknowledge that something bad was happening and to say, this is what they did to me, you jerk. And really force him to see that he was part of that system that did that to her. He is one of the reasons why she was mutilated. And for him to actually see it, and it was played off as humor, but it's actually a really powerful scene to see someone who has been through that to turn to someone who was part of that and to be able to verbalize to them, this is what you did to me. And so for me, that was a really powerful scene and I felt it was really good, but it wasn't like overly dwelling on the victimization or who, or the abuse. It was just kind of a, this is what happened and you should be ashamed of yourself. And so I really liked it. Um, But I also really liked the compassion that, Natasha showed, I forgot the character's name, um, the woman who was like, you know, I was in and out of the Red Room before you ever were. Um, and so I didn't like to say, like, I didn't have a choice. I was also a victim. And for her to say, yes, but now you do have a choice and you can either choose to stand with me and fight this or continue to be complicit in this system. So I felt it was really good of them to have those moments of you need to acknowledge how you're part of that system and not to overly dwell on it or blame them because you know they were part of it you know they were victims as well at the same time holding them accountable for what they were responsible for while not villainizing them to the point of not being able to redeem themselves and then saying okay let's move forward and make better decisions now and i just really liked that whole theme Um, and I felt it was really good because something that I saw as a family-based therapist, which really was difficult is when I would have parents who would say like, I'm doing what's best for my children. And really you could be like, but that is exquisitely damaging to your child, what you're doing right now. And you need to stop. Um, and to get them to understand that. And a lot of times when you have now, obviously when I was in family-based, I wasn't doing like, I, I would. If someone was being abused, obviously I reported it. Um, But oftentimes when people are abusing their children, you know, they justify it as this is what was best for my child. This is what, you know, this is what will turn them into a man or turn them into a good woman or, you know, whatever reasoning they come to. And so they don't recognize it for what it is because for them, they're like, well, I'm just doing it because I'm a loving parent and anyone would do this to their child. And you're like, how can you possibly justify that in your brain um but so i really felt that it you know demonstrated how 
a parent could send their child to a horribly abusive situation and then justify it. Um, Because most people, when they think of child abuse, they think of, you know, the drunk who's selfish and doesn't, you know, actually love the child. But oftentimes that's not the case. They're doing it and they claim it's out of love or they justify it out of love, but it's not really right. Um, So that whole dynamic I felt was played really, really well. Um, and is a really important thing to take out of the movie. That one scene where Yelena is talking about her reproductive organs being removed. Uh, I mean, I, when I heard it, I was, I mean, some, some of it was kind of played as dark humor, but I mean, I was like, hell, I don't know. But this is, this isn't the first time that's been mentioned. That was mentioned in the regular, uh, Marvel universe in a conversation between her and Bruce Banner or her and Hawkeye. Well, yes. Uh, Natasha talked about that. Right. So it wasn't the first time we were introduced to it. It's just probably a little bit more dwelled on here. Yeah. Yeah, It was much more graphic in here, but you know. And and I was almost wondering did for David Harbour's character, was he, was he grossed out by it or was he just, maybe just had a come to Jesus moment where he's horrified. Uh, oh my gosh, this poor young woman was uh, victimized. Um, I know we're kind of getting a little heavy here, but uh, you know, as we're taking apart the movie and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking maybe this was his, you know, Oh, this was not, you know, these poor women were uh, uh, victimized. Well, well, it's a heavy movie. I mean, the whole opening sequence, when you see all of these girls being, taken and lined up and the thing about it is the reality is this is not a fiction i mean it is a fiction in that you know they're not being trained to be super spies but it is not a fiction that all around the world hundreds of thousands of girls are being taken of the of the the various people who are held in various forms of enslavement 71 percent of them are girls so that's that's a big deal you know and often they are sex trafficked and used for you know household labor and things like that and you know i don't think it would obviously go into the the movie but one could easily see you know these girls probably were at some point trafficked for sex that probably was part of their spy thing that they would have done or their assassin lure the guys in and then have sex and then kill them i mean Mm -hmm. So it it is a heavy thing and it should be taken, you know, it shouldn't just be like swept under the rug and the next explosion and ha it's so funny. He's just, you know, doing this thing. Um, you know, I do think that you should take a few moments to at least dwell on the realities that it does depict. Yeah. Oh, it's very sobering. I mean, they're, they're, those elements in the movie are, are, are quite sobering. And the one scene where um, you find out the, ta- the taskmaster, this, this masked uh uh, problem solver for uh, uh, Drakeoff. We find out it's his it's his daughter, but she's she's programmed like the other women are, and commanded. You know, basically, she has no choice but to obey. You know, she she she's asked. You know, after Scarlett Johansson's character, Natasha says, you know, apologizes because she had some. She was responsible for, you know. This this woman suffering the injury she has, but she says, "Is he is he gone now?" It's like this, her 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 abuser is 
you know, she's one of those her abuser finally dead. And she said, yeah, he's finally dead. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I did. I think that sometimes in, um, you know, I know that we have listeners from around the world, but I know in America that it's easy to say, well, okay, that was happening in Russia. Or this is something that happens in Africa or some other place, right? Um, I think the danger for us, even like, so take this film because it's set in Russia. The danger for us is to set to is to to write off well, that can happen in Russia, but that doesn't happen here. Um, but I'm sure you know, Chrissy, that this is far from the truth. It, it really is. I mean, I know of an organization here in Lancaster that that deals with it. Um, I'm sure that I've worked with women who experience it. Um, yeah. I had a colleague who who left my agency to go to I want to say it's South Dakota to work specifically with women um, who experience human trafficking. And what people don't realize is that Lancaster County is a huge Thorway for that. They take them through here to go to Philly, to go to um, New York City, to go down to Washington, D.C. And, you know, you, especially like 322, it's it's on there. Um, and sometimes it's it's been cropping up more and more um, here just because it's like, well, why bother even traveling that far? We can just do it here in, you know, some seedy motel. So... It definitely happens, right. um, and it happens to young children, and it happens to young women. Um, so, and, and it doesn't matter what your age is; it, it can happen to you, and it can also happen to men. I certainly, I know, I said like seventy-one percent of the people who who are human trafficked are women, but that also means that thirty, yeah, thirty-nine percent of them are men, right. um, are males. So, I don't want to just overly focus on, on the females. Obviously I do because of this movie um, focuses more on females and that line, you know, I'm using the only natural resource that we have too much of girls. Um, that's just really yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And to, yeah, be, got to, to, and to be fair, this movie does not glamorize it, right? We're, we're not saying that we're just, it just draws us some attention to it. It, it does. Um, although I will say that a lot of movies glamorize the idea of child soldiers because, oh, well, these people, they, they're they so good at what they do now because they were trained from childhood. I'm like, yeah, but they shouldn't be. And that's a problem. And we shouldn't say right. this is a good thing. Right. Well, you know, so this is, uh, I think Marvel has tackled an issue like this. Like I think of Captain, uh, what, Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? You deal with there was a lot of race issue in there. What does it mean to be a black Captain America and dealing with issues of equity, both in the comic book world and everything. And, and I feel like Marvel is at least willing to tackle some of these issues. And so kudos for them for bringing this in the light, in the story of black widow, at least to some degree, we obviously aren't going to see a documentary. Right, we're going to be entertained, but in the midst of that, somehow right. this truth is being put out there. So, yeah, and so which is why I said like I wish they wing we would have done a little bit more with it, but at the same time, like I'm not expecting them to you know come out with a documentary. And quite frankly, people aren't going to pay attention to the documentary. They are going to pay attention to this and what it means. Um, 
you know, and when it comes to Natasha's character, you know, it really kind of takes her defection from Soviet Russia to shield, um, you know, in a, in a slightly different light when you understand the psychology of child soldiers and their struggle to integrate back into um, now often the psychology of studies like in Africa, but into their villages and how they're often like re-recruited into other like paramilitary groups. Right. Um, and so it kind of got me like thinking about how, you know, how much of her involvement in S.H.I.E.L.D. is because she truly wants to be or is it because she feels like it's the only life that she knows and is all she can do. And when you see Yelena at the end of this movie in that cutscene, you know, basically being once again part of this paramilitary group you kind of wonder like huh how many of the widows were able to actually leave the you know violence that they were subjected to and trained to be to be able to hold normal lives and how many of them just went right back into some sort of paramilitary group because that's all they know and that's where they feel belonging and family and you know that's what they attach to. Right. Right. Which is often what you see with child soldiers. Yeah. Well, let's move on from that. And thank you for sharing that because I think that it's uh, one of the things I think that we appreciate having that sort of view on a movie like this. Um, to gives a little bit more depth than like, Hey, what's our favorite scene, which I want to get into like what our favorite scenes are not to minimize that, but you know, there, there's the, when movies speak truth like this, I think it's important that we talk about that when a movie does something well like that. Um, so let's let's jump into favorite moments of the movie for you. Uh, maybe fe- special effects, maybe music. What stuck out to you as you watched this movie, Miles? Let's start with you. Um, a light moment that I enjoyed was. David Harbour's character, Alexi, in, in the prison, just, you know, this, this guy, um, you know, just beating the crap out of these prisoners at the arm wrestling. And he doesn't, he has no business looking like he should be able to do that because he's just not as physically fit as these guys are, but he's, uh, he's probably had the super soldier serum somehow. And, um, Watching him escape was fun. Just, I'm just going to just dwell on some of the, the lighter stuff in this movie. Um, uh, I, I thought the, the whole Red Room was interesting. This flying uh, base fortress uh, and watching them take it down. I was just like, there, there were some good um, uh, heart-pounding movements of, you know, of uh, Natasha trying to get out of there. And this thing is starting to fall out of the sky and stuff. Um, that was very impressive from a visual effects point of view. I thought that the whole red room thing was, was, was pretty cool. Um, uh, so, uh, I, I, there's, there's a scene with, um, early in the, in the movie with, um, Romanoff is talking to, um, uh, John Hurt's character, um, general Ross, uh, he, she says, uh, "How you doing? What is this now? Your 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 third, you know, bypass surgery on your heart. You know, she's you know kind of egging him on a little bit and stuff uh, as he's trying to capture her. This is right after this is during the events of Civil War, and they're trying to round up the Avengers that won't play uh, a ball with them and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that you know 
I, I enjoyed the whole movie, but there were some of the scenes that I, that I enjoyed, some of, some of the more lighter stuff. Dave, how about for you? Alexi tried to get into his old Russian Captain America suit. Yes, yes. There, there is not a dude alive who's getting older who ain't trying to squeeze into some of his old favorite clothes from back in the day and having them skin tight going, yep, it still fits. I've done it enough myself. Yeah, that was a, that was a this is an one. image that Chrissy doesn't want to see. Or yes. imagine. <laughs> All this man squeezing into a shirt that's a, about two sizes too small anymore. <laughs> or, yeah. or a pair of pants that's, that, that, that doesn't fit anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. You give skinny jeans a new uh, a new look on things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that, that was one of my favorite scenes. Um, the prison escape was fun, especially when they caused the avalanche and <laughs> watching watching Alexi running and jumping like he's freaking Spider Man through everything is 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 was good. It was real good. So it sounds like the the introduction of Alexi really gave a lot of comedic relief into a movie. Yeah. Did any of that comedy come from Scarlett Johansson's character? Black Widow? The poser? Oh, there's some funny stuff between Yelena and. Uh, oh Natasha. yeah, I, I really. She's like, why do you, why do you do this thing where you pose and you flip your head? What what is that? What is that? <laughs> and then she like, proceeds oh. to do it. Pose her. Oh. And then she like is like, going, oh, oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> I really like that. And she was um, right too. Yeah, yeah. She like like the whole other, like everyone is looking at you. What is that? And she just, <laughs> Chrissy, how about for you? What were some uh, light moments that you enjoyed or some more action or uh, favorite movies, I should say? I, I just loved the interactions between Elena and Natasha from when they were young girls um, to when they're older and just, you know, being very, very sisterly. Um, I just I just really liked those those lighter, those very um, human moments. Um that's something that I really liked about the the character in the movie was that it is very it's a very human movie. Um, so that's that's something that I that I said before when we were talking about you know are you going to go watch it and are you excited for it was me saying you know one of the reasons why I like black characters like Black Widow, Iron Man, as opposed to say like Superman, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, all, all of the, those things. Um, although this version of Wonder Woman wasn't quite as egregious as some of the others. Um, you know, when, when you have someone who's like so overpowered and over the top, like you almost can't relate to them. Um, the, these people were very, very relatable, and I really liked it. Hmm. Very good. Um, so I, let's talk a little. I know we mentioned it, uh, Dave. I know that you mentioned the end credit scene as being tacked on there. Um, do we know what it's setting us up for based on our knowledge of the Marvel, the upcoming Marvel movies or TV shows? Looks like this one's setting up for Hawkeye's show. Okay. Which is coming like, out in November, right? Or something like yeah, that. Somewhere along the line. Bless you. Um, Thank you. Elaine Bennis makes her appearance again, um, as she did in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it looks like now she, you know, she's recruited, you know, Psycho Captain America and uh, 
Romanov's Elena. sister, Elena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's being built here is still a mystery, but an intriguing mystery. And and this one is tying directly to Hawkeye. Good. So I'm sure we'll see Elena back again in the Hawkeye series at some point. And that'll be fun. That's awesome. That will be fun. That's awesome. All right. So uh, what Anything? What else do you want to talk about regarding this um, movie before we wrap up the show here? Is there anything else that's notable that's worth mentioning? Uh, the character that um, uh, Natasha, when, when she needed something, um, the guy... Mason, you know, he, he, you know, he got her that, that, the, I guess that, that camper with the, um, well, the, with the generator that malfunctioned or was it, what did it malfunction or the, um, that, um, helicopter. And then he gets her that, uh, fancy, uh, you know, plane at the end. Um, I, I enjoyed that interaction between, uh, her and, uh, um, and this guy, I mean, she's not, she doesn't have a lot of friends. And so that, that I kind of like that too. He, he, he kind of was a little comedic too. I mean, uh, he was always, whenever she'd find him, he was always asleep, you know? So uh, that, that, that was, that was kind of fun there. So, listeners, I know we we kind of we we, got, we dissect this movie. There are some, you know, it, it does address some heavy themes, but there are some fun light stuff in here too. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. And you would expect nothing less from Marvel, right? Balancing the seriousness with humor, Dave. I know that's one of the things you mentioned. You just enjoyed the fact that there was in the midst of there was a traditional Marvel humor that makes I, I think. For me, this is one of the distinguishing marks between like a DC movie and a Marvel movie. And despite the fact that I liked Wonder Woman and Aquaman and all right, it does the interplay between some dark things, action things, people dying, and humor is just balanced well in a Marvel movie. Yep. So. Yep. Well said. Yeah. Dave, Chrissy, any other things you want to talk about before we wrap the show here? All right, I got. Uh, I do got one more thing to add. Since the the sex trafficking and stuff has been a, a big topic of discussion tonight, um, I, I know it's one of those things that's pretty dark that that we don't like to think about because it does take us out of our comfort zone and everything. But there is an organization out there that is working to battle this across the globe and in the U.S. too. Um, they're called Operation Underground Railroad. Um, you could check them out at ourrescue.org. Um, 2019, I mean, they still have operations going on all the time. Um, 2019 alone, from what they released for their information, they've rescued 71 people and apprehended 48 people involved in this in this process. Um, this group also works to relocate and kind of bring these victims back into society and help them get started and actually provide support for them. Also, they just don't throw them back out into the wind. Once they get them out, Um, they work to try to reunite families, all all of that stuff. Um, 
if it's something that that, that seems to be interested to you as a listener here, OURrescue.org. You just click on the Join the Fight tab, and you can see all the kind of ways you can help. Um, they depend entirely on, on volunteers and donations and things like that. But it, it, it's it's a group I've donated to before. Um, I've done some research, my research on them a little bit, and they're they're a top notch group of people. Very good, very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, and we'll throw links in the show notes, and I'll post a link to this uh, to this organization as a part of when we begin to promote the show, and this comes out. Um, and uh, appreciate all the attention and the discussion, Chrissy. Appreciate your insight into this issue as well as we've talked about it here in the show, and especially dealing with Black Widow, who, while it deals with this issue, um, doesn't necessarily deal with it in a way that's overly heavy-handed, but still draws attention to it, and it's important for us not to pass that up. So thank you all for contributing in that. Well, I think that is it for our show. We'll be back on in about uh, two to three weeks, right? Um, and yep, uh, yep. we got to talk about what we're going to do then. So uh, we'll be doing that offline. But uh, we appreciate you joining our Black Widow review. And um, and uh, I believe that's about it. Am I missing anything, guys? No, I think we nope. covered it. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. <sighs> Put your mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> Go boldly. Yeah. With your mask on. I'm just, I'm just so mad about that. <laughs> Unless you're vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, that thing, they're saying that doesn't even matter because you know. We only got, I, I got the 61% one. So, hey. All right. Scott, mask up. Mask up.